We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening, Broncos country, and welcome to another installment of the Orange and Blue View. I am one of the co-hosts, Ron White. To my right, your left, is Thomas Hall. Thomas, how are you doing on this lovely Saturday? I'm doing good. Back home finally after some travels. I'm finally back in the studio, so you know we can uh, we actually look official again instead of coming from uh, the basement or a hotel or a conference room at a hotel, wherever I could find. Uh, it was uh, it was fun, but now I'm back. I'm a little tired from the driving, but uh, definitely back and and ready to jump into our Saturday show, man. This is. Uh, I was excited when I got back to to do this first thing. Yes, it's good to have you back in your natural habitat. (laughs) We have the the good views behind us. Um, And I'm doing well as well. So here in Atlanta, it was a nice day today up in the, I think it was high 80s. Nice. Um, So I was out doing some yard work and enjoying enjoying the weather as much as I can while doing that work. So (laughs) so pretty good. So yeah, from the jump, we have Dylan Von Arts coming in here. Thank you, Dylan, as always. You know, we appreciate you. He says, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all the platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Yes, if you don't do anything else, please do those three things. And then we have Dominique Martin coming in here. Thank you, Dominique. says, hey, Broncos family. Shout out to the entire MHH staff. Orange and blue view rocks. MHH for life. <laughs> thank you, Dominique. We appreciate that. Thanks thank so you much. guys for tuning into the show. You know, this is, you know, we're still kind of, I think we're what, six months in Thomas now. So it's, yeah. it's been good, overwhelming support, um, you know, good back and forth with you guys. So we really and truly appreciate all of you. And we got my guest coming in here says, what's up, Thomas, Ron, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country? Well, hey, Mike, what's up with you? How are you? Hopefully you're having a lovely Saturday as well. And then we got Kevin Gray says, hey. (laughs) Hey, Kevin, how are you doing? And then we have Jason O'Neill coming in. Says, thank you, Jason. He says, good evening, Broncos country. How's your evening going thus far? And are you ready to sit, listen, and enjoy another fulfilling show? Hashtag go Broncos. Hashtag Buckham. Thank you, Jason. You know, we appreciate you as always for coming in. So, Thomas, we do have um, some news um, that came out this week. Well, it's 
I guess it's an update on what happened earlier with the uh, Kareem Jackson um, situation, which we'll dive into here shortly. Um, so, you know, with the Kareem Jackson news, it was stated that, of course, the contract that he um, signed, they, they came out with some low guarantees um, on the contract. I believe the contract was worth up to $2.6 million, $2.67 million with a little over 150 k guarantee on a one-year deal. And as we know with uh, Kareem Jackson, he's been in Denver the past four seasons. He's up there in age, <laughs> uh, you know, 35 <laughs> years old. So that, that can kind of implicate the reasoning for that. And also, he kind of has to come in and compete for, the, for this starting gig at, at Strong Safety as well. You know, we have Caden Stearns out there um, who's had a tremendous showing since he's started with the Broncos. But, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, that Kareem Jackson kind of has to do here. I know there's not really a market out there for him, which is part of the reason that he resigned with the Broncos. But, you know, he can come in and be that veteran presence, um, kind of exhibit that leadership as we know. So, Yeah, I mean, I think it tells uh, a little bit about how much, well, how much they may hedge their bets in case he's not someone who can really contribute as the third safety off the, uh, you know, off the bench, if he doesn't beat out Caden Stearns, I mean, they, they want to uh, limit that hit because if they feel like one of their draftees has made that, you know, leap, I think that, uh, you know, you may see cream Jackson as a, a short, short uh, stint this year. Now I think that they're doing the right thing. You know, they're telling him, you may not be a starter. You know, we're bringing you in as a leadership role. We're going to pay you as a veteran, but someone who could be gone if you if you're you know because the you know let's face it, the safeties out that are aren't starting are going to be playing special teams. And do you really want Caden Stearns out? I mean, uh, Kareem Jackson out there playing a ton of special teams and as a as a vet at that age, you know, not probably not. So, I think that's a, a very telling amount and how they structured that deal is if if you can't make it as the at least the third safety then you're probably not going to be here regardless of whether they they feel he's a good leader or not i mean you've they've got a lot of young safeties there that that need to step up and i i keep i think back to when jerry rice tried to do one last year with the broncos right he came in he wanted to try and be a receiver and they realized he's, he was going to have to be, uh, you know, not going to be starting. He was not going to be a regular on the offense. He would have to play special teams. And so he he finally hung him up. And Kareem Jackson, that that's where that contract stands in my eyes, uh, just how much they, uh, they're they hedging their bets. Yes, I, I agree, Thomas. You know, the, it's it's going to implicate essentially a reduction in, in playing time. I, I don't see Kareem Jackson, you know, coming in and playing all of the starting snaps that he's been used to playing, you know, with the rise of Caden Stearns. And then we'll see, you know, obviously Jail Skinner is a rookie, but we'll see how that even takes shape, you know, moving forward. So I, I agree with you. I think they're hedging their bet in the sense that, you know, he's not going to, you know, come in, you know, get that starting job is, is not going to be a for sure thing. And then if he is released, you know, the, the dead money ramifications is is, is very little. Yeah. We're not talking and much at all. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. 
Yeah, the other thing I would think about too is uh, part of that deal was to ensure that uh, JL Skinner is, you know, if he's going to play, if he's right. going to be able to, you know, play during training camp and preseason, if if he's still suffering from that injury, that may be why Kareem Jackson is is there. But uh, you know, I think they like JL Skinner, and if he can show that he can play during training camp, that might change things. But if he starts on the pup list. Or he, uh, you know, he he's not quite ready, and they're going to kind of stash him on IR or something like that. Then Kareem Jackson makes sense, and you you let PJ Locke, you let Caden Stearns, you let uh, Dillard and Turner yell, kind of battle it out, right, and see who's who rises to the top. But uh, if he's if Skinner's ready to go, I think that's going to change things. I, I, I my mind, I think that might change how they view that safety room. So that's still to be determined. We haven't. I haven't heard anything about his health really coming out of Dove Valley. I haven't heard any anything where he's going to uh, where he's going to start. I mean, uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll know when training camp starts where 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 he has is health wise. Yeah, I agree. I haven't heard anything either about um, JL Skinner. And I'm 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 thinking that's you know why they still have Kareem Jackson roster. Just just to kind of hedge your bet on it. We'll, we'll see what happens, but for sure. Let's get back to the chat here. We got a few folks coming in as well. Jesse Hillborn says, good evening. Well, good evening to you, Jesse, and hope you are doing well. If you have a comment or question, please throw it there in the chat. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And then we got Jerron Washington coming in. Thank you, Jerron Washington. He says, Russ is going to have a comeback season under Sean Payton. I believe in him. We have a great defense under Vance Joseph. Again, thank you, Jerron. So, uh, yes, to, to, to both points. Well, yeah, to both points. I'm going to do a little caveat with the second point, <laughs> but to both points. So, yeah, I agree that Russ, we, we, ex we hope and we expect that Russell will have a comeback season. I mean, the coaching's in place with Sean Payton. The offensive line has been rebuilt. So there are no excuses for Russell Wilson to have above average play this year. He, he, he has to make a comeback this year. And I believe in him. You know, he's posted workout videos. I think today on Instagram he posted the, uh, you know, the, the comeback season. Uh, workout video of course he slimmed down as we as we've seen as well so he's actually putting in that work um i think the video was him in the gym listening to nipsey hustle so <laughs> you know I, I think he's he's focused um on on making you know a comeback 
And again, we expect him to do that. You know, with the Sean Payton scheme, emphasis on running that ball with play action, taking what Russ does well and making it work. Um, So definitely there. Now, with the second point on the defense, you are absolutely correct that the defense is good or it's going (laughs) to be great. However, that last name that you mentioned in the comment gives me cause to pause. (laughs) Now, I did hear him um, make the remarks this week. You know, he's home in Denver. He he has a good group of guys. He has an engaged group of guys, according to Vance Joseph. And that is true. Um, but we just have to see this play out because we've seen Vance Joseph's defenses in the past, and they've, they've left a lot to be desired. So it's going to be a matter of also taking those players and what they do well making sure he sets them up for success schematically so this defense can still remain at that elite level. But again, that just remains to be seen just because of the coordinator. But yeah, the the guys are there in place for the defense. Yeah. I'll just uh, say I've already, I've said it as many times as I can. I've written articles about it. Uh, Russell Wilson's decline was mostly due to, uh, non-injury related issues. Typically when those quarterbacks who are elite, they start to decline and they stay declined is because they had a major injury for the most part. If you'll look back at the hall of famers, the greats in the past, uh, th- those injuries kind of finally de- debilitated them to where they couldn't continue to play at a high level. That's not Russ. Russ had some injuries. They're not debilitating injuries. He's working to get back. I, I- I've looked at the numbers. I think he's going to have a-, a bounce back season. It could be pretty dang good. As far as the the defense goes, this is what I said on on Mile High Insiders on Wednesday. I'm going to put Vance Joseph, uh, you know, on the spot. He doesn't have to be statistically great, right? Like, you don't have to be a top five defense for me to think that this defense is incredible, right? And it would be great if it was. But what Vance Joseph has to do, he can be in the top, you know, 10, he can be in 10, 12, 13, 14 area. That's okay, for me, statistically and points wise and all that, because I think that the teams are going to play harder, try to score more, get try and get more yards. So it's going to not look as good as last year defensively because the offense is going to be doing their part this year. What Vance Joseph has to do with this defense is they have he has to put them into pos- position to make a play when it matters most. So when you're when that team is driving down the field and they can make that go ahead score or tie the game, his defense needs to come up where it counts. That's where I'm going to be looking at it. He needs to have more takeaways and they have to come up big when it counts. That's going to be a sign of a great defense. Even if it's not statistically great, then I'll be happy with what Vance Joseph does. But if we see them in that, you know, 10, 12, you know, ranked range or whatever, and they still don't have that takeaway, uh, you know, the enough takeaways, and we still don't see them coming up big when it matters most, then that's what I'm going to say. Vance Joseph was not able to put them in position to succeed and it was a failure of a defense, even if it's okay statistically. That that's where I'm going to stand on it. Hopefully, he has is able to put them in those positions and get the best out of them. And we'll see. I, I like you said, I am uh, I have a hard time believing it, but I hope he can. He's he seems to be growing, right? Mm-hmm. He seems to be growing as a coach. So maybe he's able to do it, make those you know make those right choices in game uh, to make that defense shine. So we'll see. Yep. I, I, I agree. It, it's the, the, 
the one good indication of a great defense is taking that ball away, creating those uh, schemes, those pressure packages, those things to to just, you know, stop the other team, get the ball um, in clutch situations. And, you know, we fail to see that under these uh, past regimes. You know, as great as Jero Evero's defense was, you know, we were still pining for, <laughs> you know, the, the takeaways. And we already know what happened in the Vic Bangio era. Absolutely. Again, top defense, but the takeaways weren't there. So hopefully he can create that. I, I definitely agree. Just want to give a shout out to Duty, Dirty Boy 6789 with a super chat. Thank you very much. Uh, if you want to put a comment in, we can uh, we can grab that. So appreciate it. Going to give a shout out to Phil McLaughlin, who's here almost every Saturday. Thank you for spending your time with us giving us Facebook stars. So thank you for the support. We definitely appreciate it. And Phil is saying, good evening, Thomas Ron and Deacon Scott. You guys think Marquez Callaway could be a sleeper to watch in training camp. Buckham, mile high huddle for life. Marquez Callaway. What do you think, Ron? I <laughs> I think that re receiver room is pretty, pretty, pretty uh, full. Yes, it's, it's pretty packed. Thank you, Phil, for your comment. You know, we appreciate you as always. And, yeah, I mean, again, there's too many mouths to feed in this receiver room, Phil. That That's that's the problem. Now, you know, when his name is called, when he's out on the field, can he make plays? Of course. You know, we, we've seen him in Sean Payton's offense in New Orleans. He's He's been pretty good, but, you know, I, I don't know – you know, he's not going to be out on the field, in my mind, enough for him to really be considered a sleeper. I mean, we have Cortland Sutton. We have Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Hamler, Mims. You know, there's so many people here in this receiver room. Um, so, you know, as far as sleeper candidate, in my mind, no. But, yeah, can he come and contribute um, to this? Sure. I, I I can see him definitely coming in, um, you know, when Cortland Sutton or someone needs to take a rest and, and, and making plays when necessary. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say the same, something similar. There, there are a lot of wide receivers right now. Now that could change. I think I still have a feeling that uh, they're going to send one packing in training camp to another team, try and get something yeah. for, for someone like Camler. but you're, you're right. You still have Sutton, Patrick, and uh, um, Jerry Judy, we know that they're, you know, they've been starters. They're, they're pretty good. They're solid. And, and you know, they could start ascending. Uh, reports are Marvin Mims Jr. is one of the best out there it's on eating. the field, right? Like, yes. no joke. He's no joke. That's, yeah. that's four right there. So you've got four wide receivers that you're probably going to uh, get majority of your playing time. And then you got to start, start looking at these, these other guys, Marquez Callaway. I'm, 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 if Hamler's traded, right? You got holdovers. You've got, uh, you know, uh, some some big guys. I mean, it. it I, I like Marquez Callaway. I just don't think he's going to be, unless injuries happen. I don't think he's going to be a part, big part of the offense. I think he's going to be able to come off the bench, you know, catch a few balls, maybe like he did in, uh, you know, 2023 or 2022 when he, you know, had, you know, 16, 20 catches or something like that. I think that's possible. Uh, the nice thing, though, that he has going for him is he's familiar with that offense, you know, this Sean Payton style, what Sean Payton wants. Uh, so he knows he's got to go out and perform. He knows he's got to do everything it takes. He's going to be out there playing special teams. So 
uh, that question is good. He could be a sleeper to watch because people aren't thinking about him. But when it comes to you know him, make, him making the team, yeah, he's probably got a pretty decent shot of making the team. But as a you know getting a bulk of uh, receptions during the season and stuff, I, I would uh, I would hedge you know to the the lower end side. You know whatever a, a fifth or sixth receiver can come in and do, maybe get 10, 15 catches, uh, and you know play on special teams. So uh, I, I think it's a it's a good name to watch. But again, he could impress early in training camp because he has that familiarity. So he may get a head start. So thank you, Phil, for the uh, for the question. Really appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Phil. And then we asked John Juno coming in with a four ninety nine super chat, kind of on that same wavelength of receivers. Thank you, John, for coming in. We appreciate you. He says, which receivers make the roster? Sutton, Judy, Patrick, Mims, Callaway, Hamler. Also, I think Denver will sign another running back when teams cut down to fifty three. So yeah. Um, as you just uh, may have heard, John, we again, we talked about the receivers. I would say the first five make the roster. I, I have a feeling that Hamler's going to be um, a trade candidate. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely say those, those first five for sure, sure make that roster. And to your point on the running back, it could be possible. You know, I know they haven't closed the book on, you know, getting other free agents, um, and especially when the teams start to trim down that roster to 53. I can see it happening um, just for death purposes. I, again, I think now that we know that they feel confident that Javante is good to go with P. Ryan um, and then also with Tony Jones Jr. and then Batty and then McLaughlin, I mean, I, I think the running back, you know, room is good. Solid, but I can definitely see them, you know, in the case that Javante still may, you know, you know, you don't, you never know, right? <laughs> he may have a setback with that injury. They may, may, may bring in someone else, but good point though. Yeah. And thanks, John. Uh, appreciate the support as always. So yeah, if you, if you guys uh, want to throw some support away, that's great. We're not going to turn it down. We're going to look for your questions anyway, but I will say that the, we do, uh, you know, those kind of come up to the top, so it makes it a little bit easier for it to see. So I do, we do appreciate the the support though. And uh, to answer your question, th this is what I think. If there's no injuries to the wide receiver core in training camp and preseason, I think that the team is going to carry five wide receivers. It's going to be Sutton, Judy, Patrick, Mims, and then that one last person, which is probably going to be Callaway because of his familiarity with the system, right? But I also think that, you know, GMs and whatnot, they they like to uh, not make mistakes, and everybody's pointing to Montreal, Washington as a mistake. They shouldn't have drafted him so high. So, may, you know, maybe he have some influence there. I'm not sure, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's going to be five. I think Hamler's going to be the odd man out in this situation because – you know, if Mims pops up to the, you know, as people are saying it, Hamler's kind of expendable. So he's going to get traded. And I think they're going to keep a lot of those young guys who have some promise, like Washington, like Jalen Virgil, um, you know, Brandon Johnson. They're going to put them on the practice squad if they can. And they're going to use that practice squad as, a, you know, kind of a, uh, what I would say, a minor league system where they call them up when they need them. Right. So if they think they need that six wide receiver, they'll call them up because the practice squad, squad rules have changed so much uh, that it's easier to get those people up onto the, the roster, even on game day. Uh, really, they can do that. So I think they might try that if health holds. Right. If the if the top four health holds, 
I, I think they're going to they're going to work around with that. Uh, I think that's what they're going to do because they have needs other where other places, a lot of injury concerns, other places and edge, things like that. So and they might want to keep that extra safety. So you got to you got to massage that roster around. And I think Sutton, Judy and Patrick are all those are three that you could start anywhere uh, on any team. So I think they feel like they're pretty solid on the starters. Now, as far as the running back goes they they do not seem like they want to bring in a running back. Uh, we've been talking about it for for months. It seems like that they need to bring somebody in, and they're not doing it right. They went out and they got their free agent. They brought a few guys in. The only thing that I think they need to do is bring in a running back for uh, the training camp. Right? They they don't have that many running get backs on the roster right now. So I don't think you want to wear out your running backs in training camp and preseason and get having all those carries. So to have another camp body would be good. Now, to your question about the cut down of 53, if somebody gets cut that they really like, that that was kind of a surprise, you might see them explore it for sure. Yeah. But, it, you know, I keep saying I can't believe it, but every sign is pointing to Javante Williams is ready to go. So if he's ready to go, you got Piran, you got, you, you know, you've got a stable of decent quarterbacks if he's ready to go, uh, running back. So I, I don't. I don't know. It has it has to depend on who is cut, though. And there's always those surprises. If it's a surprise in the running back room, they may jump at it. But I think they need to bring in another running back just to for the wear and tear during right. during camp. I think. But you know, I think they're pretty thin in that area. Yes, definitely, definitely. And we have C. Chan coming in here. Thank you. He says, "Can't wait for the new season." can't yeah either it's going to be exciting (laughs) there's a lot riding on the season man it's a lot of excitement a lot of cautious optimism for sure but yeah i can't wait either i'm gonna grab michael ronquillo the legend who has always been with us at mile high huddle coming with facebook stars i just want to say thank you for the support michael really appreciate it michael says good evening thomas hall and ron white on orange and blue view go broncos and Buckham. So yeah, thank you, Michael. It, it, we always appreciate you being on here and we, we appreciate your comments and questions. So thanks so much. Yes. Thank you, Michael Ronquillo, for your continuous support, generosity, showing up to all the shows. We, we, we appreciate you. And if you have Jerron Washington coming in again, he says, we're going to make the playoffs. I feel that too, Jerron. We're going to, I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> again, there's a little cautious optimism in there, but I have this feeling that we're going to break that curse. We are going to make the playoffs. Again, with the coaching at the helm, this team is now set up for success to make the playoffs. And, and again, I, I think Broncos fans are starving for that, just to get to the playoffs to run. And then whatever, however the dominoes fall, let them fall as they may. But if we can get in the dance, I think that'll make a lot of Broncos fans happy. And I'll tell you, we've talked about this, that talked about the schedule coming out and everything. The Broncos have to figure out the AFC West. That's been their, I mean, they've had a lot of problems, but they haven't won in the AFC West. If they can split with the Chiefs and they can split with the Chargers, and I mean, who know? I don't know what the Raiders are going to be like. They look like they're a mess right now. If they can sweep the Raiders, <laughs> they're going to be in the playoffs. That's, I mean, that's just the way I, I think. That's, that's already, you know, four wins, and that puts them – you know, they're in the running for their division at that point, right? But if they do another uh, two losses to the Chiefs and they split with the um, the Raiders and they split with the Chargers, then they're not making the playoffs. So they, they need to figure out the AFC West. They've got to beat Kansas City. They've got to at least take one, uh, the, take two games from one of their rivals, uh, other rivals, either Chargers 
or Raiders. And if they do that, they're in the playoffs. So I'm with you. And I think I think it's, they're going to. I, I I don't I don't see them tanking the division again. Yeah, I mean, they, they, like C. Chang says, he's a we will beat the Chiefs this year. Watch and I, I yes, I agree with you, Thomas, in the sense that the AFC West, the other opponents, just they've they've been the bugaboo for the Broncos. Yeah, and we they just cannot let that happen again this year. And there's really no excuse with this coaching staff that we have. So if you can at least split with the chiefs and we can, dare I say it, sweep the Raiders, sweep the chargers. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, that's actually winning the division. Let's be honest. Yeah. If they do that, they win the division. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you. If they can do that, they're, they are probably going to win the division. And I don't see a reason why they can't do that. Now, you know, again, if you split the charges, yeah, that'll be what? So, yeah, four and two, as you mentioned. So, four and two in the division, which, again, that is set up for a playoff berth. But, again, you know, we'll we'll see when it gets on the field. We'll see what happens. But I am very, like I said, optimistic. I'm very encouraged from what I've seen to yeah. where as though that they will be in the dance in the postseason. Yeah. I'm going to – grab my man keith here thank you for coming in keith thanks for being here and watching our show we really really do uh enjoy your comments here and this could be one of the reasons why it all falls apart russ is 34 years old he says at what age do we worry that he's on the edge of the cliff the one kiwis fall off when they get old now i've i have studied uh aging uh quarterbacks I've, i've actually studied age uh considerably across all all positions looking at uh you know, you know how they perform at certain ages and whatever. And, you know, it used to be that the quarterbacks did fall off the cliff, man. It was once they, once they hit that at certain ages, 34, 35, 36, they, they started to really tank, right. Their, their play compared to what it was in the past. But what I will say is it's typically due to serious injuries. Like Troy Aikman had a bunch of concussions, right? You got Dan Fouts knees were given out on him. You had uh, Ken Stabler's knee. You had uh, Jim Kelly's concussions and and shoulder knee problems. I mean, you have all these things that you can point to, right? That uh, why they started to fall off, but I'll point to several other quarterbacks who didn't. And it was because they weren't significantly injured. I mean, you can't really, I mean, Peyton Manning can't, I can't, he, he came back from a major injury and played really well. So I can't really put him in that group, but I mean, you got Tom Brady who never was really majorly injured, played for a long time. Uh, you know, Drew Brees, you had uh, John Elway, our, our, our guy, you know, the, the legend, John Elway, I mean, and then Aaron injuries, but nothing super debilitating other than his ACL that he didn't play on uh, his whole college in, in, uh, professional career so i think that the the way the game has changed it that age is getting older and older right i don't think i I would be i would cross my fingers and hope that he could play to 40 like his contract is kind of saying but i think he's got a couple good years left in him because of his health you know his his body has held up pretty well nothing debilitating now that could change quickly you know with a, a major injury but uh i think he's got a couple good years left in him so we'll, we'll see what happens but um I'm not worried for the next two. I, I think at 36, 37 is when I would start to say, okay, we're going to have to start to worry about his age starting to uh, really uh, get to him, so to speak. And I will also add, again, Keith, thank you. This is a great question. I will also add this. I agree with everything you said, Thomas. Um, but <laughs> thank you. You know, <laughs> as as 
you know, as quarterbacks get older, you know, it's more imperative that the offensive line is stable too. And we've seen, you know, Russell Wilson, the when he was young, when he just started off with Seattle, you know, running for his life, but making these plays, you know, he was still young and athletic, you know, in his twenties, you know, at that time. But now that, you know, he's at 34, 35, you know, granted he's slimmed down now and he probably can still run. We saw it, you know, this past season, but, you know, as they get older, they can't move as, as they once did. So, you know, I think with good, stable offensive line protection, we've seen it. Obviously, Brady always needed <laughs> good offensive line protection just based on, you know, the nature of a quarterback he is. We've seen that with Aaron Rodgers not being as mobile as he once was. Can still move. Um, so I guess as they lose their mobility, as they grow older, it just makes it much more for that offensive line to be a crucial part of the offense, making sure it's solidified. Um, and obviously, we saw it with Drew Brees the last few years in New Orleans, too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got Divine Breaks coming in with a super chat. Thank you. Giving us, everyone, a happy early Father's Day wishes. So he's <laughs> Divine Breaks says, happy early Father's Day to Daddy Walmart and Sean Payton. They will guide the children, the Broncos, to the promised land. <laughs> Divine, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it is Father's Day tomorrow. So if you're a father, enjoy it. Happy Father's Day early uh, you know, to, for that and uh, sleep in, do whatever you want. Hopefully you get, uh, you get everything that you want, but yeah, thanks Divine, for, uh, for the comment and the support really do appreciate that. And yeah, I, I, you know, this has been, I mean, I know you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, you know, kind of joking around a little bit with the daddy Walmart and stuff, but the ownership stability is, is a big piece that has been missing for a while. And I think that, you know, with that stability and the money that they bring and all that is going to help the Broncos in more than just, you know, going out and getting free agents and everything. Cause you know, there were, there was, when you don't have a, a you know, a solid leadership at the top, there's turmoil, right? There there's uncertainty and now there isn't. So that helps a lot. And then that's going to translate to the coaching staff and all of that front office and onto the field. And, you know, Sean Payton is, is a, uh, you know, a coach that is well-respected and has won in this league. So I think that you have your, uh, I I think that's warranted. I, I think what you're saying here is definitely warranted and they should be able to uh, make some hay. And like you said, take them to the promise that I'm looking at, I mean, with Sean Payton on board, got Russell Wilson for a few years, they should make some noise, man. They should, they should be in the, con- in contention once, once everything starts to fall into place. Yes, thank you, Divine Breaks, for that generous super chat. I appreciate you. And again, happy Father's Day to all of the fathers um, joining us today. And I I agree that, you know, with this stable leadership, you know, it will take the Broncos um, back to success. Now, you know, the promised land, as we all know, probably would be the Super Bowl. And, of course, I'm not guaranteeing a Super Bowl in the first year. But, you know, at, at least if you can get us back to the playoffs back to winning football, I think that's a good start to set us up for that Super Bowl run. And we've we've just seen how Penner and George Payton and Sean Payton, we've heard from the coaches and the players about, you know, the new ownership group and Sean Payton himself coming in and just, you know, changing this culture. A lot of them love to talk about 
what Sean Payton has done, how he's been educational to them and how the practices have gone. And, you know, just with that alone, just kind of hearing, you know, the players speak because we, we didn't, you know, obviously they're going to speak, you know, with Nathaniel Hackett, but they weren't glowing. <laughs> you know, we didn't get that, that glow that we did um, with Sean Payton. So having that, um, at the helm, Devon, I think really does help this team um, for the future. Grabbing Lawrence Rivera coming in. He's got a shout out. First of all, uh, I'm going to shout you out anyway because you're talking about your uh, daughter's first birthday. So he says, what's up, guys? Beautiful day today. Celebrating my daughter's first birthday before her birthday tomorrow. Love Father's Day. Happy birthday Happy to birthday. your daughter. And I just, you came in with a huge uh, Facebook star support. So I, we really appreciate that. But yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's wonderful, man. I having, uh, having children and, uh, you know, daughters and sons or whatever, it's, it's, you know, it's so wonderful. It's a great day to celebrate Father's Day. And she, her birthday is actually falls on Father's Day, which kind of makes it special. So yeah, I, I hope she's enjoying it. And I hope that uh, you have a great day today and tomorrow, the whole weekend, Lawrence. So appreciate you coming in here tonight. Yes, thank you, Lawrence, for coming in. And again, happy birthday to your daughter. Um, and happy Father's Day to you as well. Yeah, wonderful. And Phil, Phil's coming in with Facebook stars as well, uh, saying, asking a question. So, and this is a good one, right? Because, you know, we, we've got roster decisions coming up. We're going to be making, we're going to see them making roster decisions, uh, you know, within uh, a month and a half, basically, or sooner. Saying, and Phil says, so according to my account, we have 10 cornerbacks on the roster. How many do we keep? Also, is Devon Key a cornerback or a safety? Well, <laughs> it's a great question, man. I wish I knew the answer to how many cornerbacks they're going to keep. You never know what they're going to do. They usually take they usually keep about 10 uh defensive backs, including the safeties. So how they divvy that up is going to be uh that's going to be anyone's guess. Obviously, you got uh the best cornerback in the league is going to make the team Patrick Sertan of course you got Damari Mathis who came on strong right he's mm -hmm. uh I think he's going to be a star in the making really not not as on Patrick Sertan's level but you know one of those diamonds in the rough that they found in the you know in the mid rounds and, and surprised people he looked really good towards the end of the season so those are your two you got Quan Williams I mean he's a stud when he's on the field he's had some injury problems but he was out there with a you know playing really good with a big old club on his hand you know, for protection because he injured his his hand. So you got those three. And then, you know, to me, I think Riley Moss, they they think really highly of him. You know, I don't think they want to get let him test the market. Like they're not going to try and sneak him on to the uh, practice squad. So that's four. You have four cornerbacks already. And then you got Tremont Smith, who they brought in uh, with familiarity to the, uh, to the system, you know, a little bit being in the, I mean, he was in the, AFC uh, South, but, um, you know, I, I'm not familiar with the system. I, sh I should say, sorry, uh, experience um, playing in the NFL, but he has kick, you know, special teams experience too, which kick returns and stuff. So I think that's important. So you got Traymond Smith. I mean, you're already at five, right? Already at five cornerbacks who I think that they brought in because they like um, what they bring, you know, each one, what they bring to the table. So then you've got, you know, like you said, a bunch of others that are, uh, you know, fighting for a at least maybe a final spot if they keep six, depending on the safety situation. So I think that's, I think that's your first five right there. You got Moss, you got Sertan, you got uh, Mathis, you've got 
uh, Tremont Smith in, you know, um, I think I said, did I say them all? I, I can't count. I'm yeah. so tired from all the travels. Yeah. Smith, yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I think you're, I think maybe six cornerbacks at the most, maybe five, depending on how they feel about the safeties. And I'm not sure about uh, Devin Keeney. I don't know what position they're going to want him to play. I, how, what, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I believe he's a safety, or I think that's what he's been playing. So um, I think, you know, they have him at nickel here when I look online. But, yeah, I think it's a safety position. I'm not sure, you know, how, you know, and if the Broncos are going to intend to use him. He really might just put him on his practice squad, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, if people are wondering what position he plays, he it's probably because he can play both, right? So if, if that's the case, you know, versatility keeps you in the NFL. It really does. If you're versatile enough to play more than one position, it keeps you in the NFL, especially as, as a bubble player, right? So uh, that's that bodes well, depending on where he, you know, and and you know, he's got ability to back up safety ability to back up cornerback and play special teams i think that's uh that bodes well for devin key i don't know enough about him i, I didn't i didn't scout him or anything so it uh, i i really can't speak to uh what is his best position is or anything but i will say you know versatility rules in the nfl yep definitely you got michael okay to say okay he's a corner yeah i think online it says but to thomas's point he probably has some versatility in both so i don't know if they have and we've got uh we also i'm gonna grab this michael ronquillo quote i don't know if i can find it but uh it's an interesting one and i hope it comes to pass and uh, i'm sorry if i can't find it there's a lot of comments in here michael but i'm gonna read it so sean payton will become would become the first nfl head coach to win a super bowl in the nfc and afc so let's oh you found it great Thanks, Michael. I, I hope so. That would be awesome. You know, that would be awesome to see because the Broncos, you know, had the first quarterback to win in both AFC or with two teams anyway, uh, two Super Bowls with two different teams. So maybe maybe this is going to uh, be, you know, a harbinger to the future. There's a few things that Denver has done, you know, having quarterback right off into the sunset and then do it again. So let's, you know, with the championship, let's hope that they get that that coaching uh you know, feather in their cap for being the first. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you, Michael, for that comment. Um, hopefully yeah, history does repeat itself again. Hopefully that does happen. We, we'll see. <laughs> we got, uh, we got George Fox coming in with Facebook stars. So thank you for the support. Uh, and George is saying, I think Peyton will look for a QB in the next draft, no matter what Denver Broncos for life, mile high huddle for life, hit the thumbs up guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you like the show, definitely hit the thumbs up. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I got to apologize. I am like super tired. <laughs> I'm doing this show with a lack of sleep. So it's taken me a little while to make make my brain work for all these questions. So I, I do apologize for that. But yeah, uh, I, I think so as well. I think that I, he, he would anyway, even if even if Russell Wilson um, is not or is you know back and, and they still think he's the future for the next few years, I think he's going to do it anyway because – it's always smart to bring in, you know, a quarterback, probably not, you know, he's, if Russell Wilson looks like he's back and he has a few years left in, they're probably not going to go, you know, try and trade up and get a, the the first, you know, in the first round or whatever, but definitely take a middle round guy or, uh, you know, second, you know, late second round guy, something like that to, to develop. And that's smart because even if Russell Wilson does play to 40, say, 
say he does play to 40 and he's, and he's still really good. You know, you can develop that guy and then you, hopefully you can get, get something for him in, in some sort of trade package, you know, if he's able to play a little bit. So it's just smart, but I think you're right, George. I think he's going to get a QB in the next draft. I think he probably wanted to in this draft. There just was limited opportunities with the draft picks that they had. Thank you, George. And I, I agree um, that he will look for a quarterback in the next draft, um, you know, within the later rounds, of course. And, you know, you always need that, that development guy to come in, you know, right now, with the backups, I mean, Jarrett Stidham, Garantano, Danucci. I mean, it's, you know, so, come, you know, I, I don't think that's really going to lead you anywhere. So kind of, kind of having that guy come in, developing them early, um, I think it's, it's a it's a very wise decision. And, you know, heaven forbid, you know, if Russ does go down, you know, in the season, you know, in a few years, you know, at least they'll have that person to kind of come in and, and step the foot once, you know, once they're developed. So having that person come in um, to help kind of take over for a little while, I think is is a smart decision on, on Sean Payton's part. And I can see it happening for sure. For sure. Yeah. And yeah, we got Jerron Washington coming back in. Thank you for all the comments today, Jerron. I, I really have enjoyed your, your questions and comments. And he's, he's saying, I heard that we're interested in Dalvin Cook, just in case Javante Williams isn't back for week one, even though we got Samaje Pirine from the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, that's been the rumor, but I, yeah, I've also heard that they, and they've done things that doesn't seem like they are interested. So I think they maybe they were interested if – their price was more to their liking, but it sounds like Dalvin cook is pricing him out of the Broncos. Yes. Uh, so I, I think they're, I think they're moved on and they're not really that interested. I think he's interested in going somewhere else where they'll pay him a little bit more money. I don't know. I mean, I'm not in the, obviously I, I don't have a listening device in dove Valley, which I did, but it, it just from their actions, from what they've been doing with the running back position, it doesn't seem like they're really that interested in Dalvin cook especially at the price that he has priced himself at. Yes. Thank you, Jerron, again. And I, I agree, Thomas, you know, I feel as though if they, you know, if they wanted Dalvin Cook, they they would have tried to make strides to get him by now, but you're right. The latest reports I've heard, he's priced himself way out. Um, and, you know, given what the Broncos have in the running back room right now, you know, I, I just don't see really a need for Cook. You know, I, I, I you know what I mean? I, I For me, it's, yeah. you know, Javante Williams, again, they, they feel confident he's going to come back and, of course, contribute well with Pirine. I think that's a stable one-two punch. And then you have, you know, Jones Jr. Um, and the other ones, uh, skipping my mind here, um, Tony, yeah, Tony Jones Jr., Batty, and then even McLaughlin. So I, I just don't see, you know, even if they were within this price point, I, I just don't see the need for Cook. Cook is more of a, in my mind, a nice to have, more of a luxury pick here for Denver. I think he would help the team, right? I mean, he's he would definitely help the team. I just don't think they're interested in the price. That's that's the thing. I, if, if his price was right, I think they'd jump at it. Um, but I also think you're going to see – a, uh, a kind of a breakout year for Pirine, right? I think you're going to yeah. see you're going to see him carry the load early on, and you're going to see him doing some pretty good damage to to defenses. So, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I mean, I I go back and forth. Cook can help the team, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. He's a he's a very good running back. Uh, they just their actions just have. I mean, you can't you can't believe what you know. There's nothing coming out of Dove Valley, so you you're not right. getting rumors. You're not getting information, right? So you got to go with what they've been doing, you know, with with their moves. And so far, their moves have showed they're just not interested in adding another running back. Yeah, and at least not at this stage, right? You know, we we talked earlier about you know maybe depending on when people start to cut down, when teams start to cut down that roster, getting in terms of the fifty-three, you know, they, they'll probably do something then. But I think a starting player, starting running back like like Dalvin Cook, I just don't think. Again, I, I don't see them prioritizing that. To your point, Thomas. Um, yeah. But we'll see. And Michael Ronquillo comes in here and says, yep, Miami Dolphins for Cook. And that I know that's been a, one of the other rumored teams that were interested as well. So we Yeah, will... and he also is coming back in saying, Mile High Huddle podcast hosts are the best in the NFL, covering the Broncos in the <laughs> NFL. Go Broncos. Well, I, we appreciate you saying that, Michael, and we appreciate all that you have uh, done to support us and the, the conversations that we've had on Twitter and we've had on uh, – uh, you know, on here. So we really do appreciate that, Michael. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you need to get, uh, you know, after we don't have our, um, we don't have our Twitter uh, handles up there. I, I I think I forgot to put our Twitter hand Twitter handles up there today. So if you want to get at Ron white on Twitter to talk to him, Ron white NFL and me, Thomas hall NFL. So yeah, I forgot to put them up. It's just us today. You know, we're by ourselves, you know, trying to, you know, stumble through this, uh, the, the stream yard stuff. So, uh, thank you for that yes, uh, comment. And then we got Jerron Washington, um, coming in again. Thanks. He says, hopefully Javante Williams will be ready. He's a physical piece. And thank you, Jerron. This, this is kind of what I was saying, you know, in the sense that the, the need for cook, yeah, cook can definitely come in and help, you know, he's a very good back. I mean, what he's done in Minnesota is, you know, it's been great. So he can definitely come in and be an added contributor. It's just a matter of, again, two things. Yeah, based on the Broncos' actions so far, they're not prioritizing that, you know, that hot commodity running back. And then secondly, based on how the running back room is shaping up, I, I just don't see, you know, the need for a cook when you have P. Ryan that's going to, challenge defenses and then to your point if Javante Williams is ready and can play at that style that we know he can you know the 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 league should look out because again this this running attack is already set up for success so again that's what I was saying as far as the need for it but yeah can the Alvaro come in and help sure but is it really a necessity no yeah I mean I can't wait for him to be back on the field. Yes. I loved watching everybody loved Javante Williams. Right. I, and, you know, I'm just going to have to start taking people at their word when they're saying he's, he's healing up faster and is going to be yeah. there for training camp because I doubted and doubted and doubted it, but it, it keeps coming back around that he's ready. So uh, I hope he is. And I hope that knee holds up and he's the same runner that he was before because he's a treat for Broncos fans. He's just, he's, he's so fun to watch. You can tell that he loves running the ball. He loves punishing the defender and him and Quinn Miners together have been, they were a blast. So I really, I really hope he's back. 
ready to go, and and we see the same Javante of old. Yes, definitely. definitely. I'm gonna grab Phil McLaughlin's. Uh, oh, we got Keith, Heath Holmes coming in. Sorry, I'm uh, you you uh, you got the one that one first. So uh, Heath's coming in saying, Thomas, I have a Broncos history question for you. I heard yesterday that Peyton Manning had an office and that it was didn't, it was not a big deal. Do you know if that's true? You know, I don't remember if he had an office off the top of my head. I'll have to do some research. I I, I don't recall. I, there was, but I will say it was never a big deal because I don't remember it being a big deal, right? And Russell Wilson's offense office wouldn't be a big deal if they had won, right? So there's there are other quarterbacks in the league that do have the office. I think you know if if Peyton Manning did have one, it wouldn't have been a big deal because they were winning, right? They were going out winning games. He's a uh, you know. Peyton Manning. So I, I, but I don't remember, I, I don't remember that. So uh, I, to answer your question, partially, obviously it wasn't a big deal if he did have one, because I don't remember, I didn't hear anything about it. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, I, I'll do some research and see if I can uh, get back at you and see if I can uh, find that if he did or not, but no, don't remember it. So maybe you do. Do you remember Ron? Do you remember if he had an office? No, I, I don't remember. I I'm never, haven't read or seen anything uh, that says that he had an office, but yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. You know, if he did, I mean, it's Peyton freaking Manning, you know, he's, <laughs> so I, I don't think it would have, you know, been the topic of headlines, you know, just because we would have been winning some football games. So <laughs> that's right. We got Phil coming in. We're going to start wrapping the show. So he's going to come in kind of with the final question. Hopefully uh, if, unless somebody jumps in with a couple others, we'll, we'll, we'll gl- gladly grab them. But Phil says, Guys, which position on the O line is weakest in your opinions? I'm thinking guard and center. Well, for me, it's center. It, it, it just because Cushionberry has not played that well and they didn't address it. So, I think the guards. I love Powers and I love Miners. I think Miners. People forget that Miners came from a small school, and he has all the th- things you need, and he has to grow, and you know he has to he has to add things to his game. But he came from a small school. He wasn't he, he wasn't pro ready, and he's already already became a starter right away. So, I like both guards. I think I think the combination of those two are going to be great. But yeah, Cushionberry to me is the weak link. Uh, they saw they you know they think he's going to be okay. I, I I've uh, said that he's going to be the breakout candidate because he has to be in order for the O line to be great. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, to me that's the weakest weakest link. Thank you, Phil, for coming in. You know we appreciate you and. I'd have to agree with my counterpart. You know, it's I just it's center and nothing else. You know, I, I think the 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 other positions that I like what we have at guard. You know, the ability to get uh, Ben Powers, and I love Miners. Um, so that those two alone at guard, I, I think we're set up there at the guard position. Um, you know, tackles. You know, with McGlinchey coming in, and we'll see how how Bowles kind of bounces back. I, I'm I'm good there as well, but. Center is just the big question mark. Yeah. You know, we, we don't know what we're going to get from Lloyd Cushenberry. Obviously, the team is higher on him than we are. Um, I haven't heard anything bad come out of camp so far um, based on it. But, again, we just have to see how it plays out. Um, so <laughs> it's just a matter of yeah. seeing how it plays out. And hopefully he can hopefully he can turn this thing around because yeah. – it's right right now we, we could only go by what we've seen last year and last year was just it was just atrocious so the other thing i would add to ron to that and and phil is we're not talking about garrett bowles right but garrett bowles has to perform 
which which Garrett Bowles are we going to get? You know, he's coming back from an injury, right? Are we going to get the uh, you know the all pro kind of caliber Bowles that we saw for a year, or are we going to get you know someone recovering from an injury, kind of struggling to get back in his footing? So, from my perspective, if we're gonna if we're gonna start looking at two positions out the second one outside, I would say Bowles has a lot to prove. Now, I don't. I don't want to say Bowles is a bad player or anything, but he struggled early on for sure. Had had one really good season, and then he was he was uh, okay to start the season, and then got injured. So that's a question mark for me: is how is Garrett Bowles going to play? Now he's playing a very important role, left tackle, so he has to be good, and I'm hoping he will. But I don't think people are talking about him enough coming back off an injury and not a season that was. You know, starting out spectacularly. So everybody's kind of falling back to that season prior where he was really, really good and kind of just forgetting about Bulls. But I, I, I'm i okay with the guards. I think Bulls needs, has something to prove. And he, he has to go out and prove it this year and not, you know, not hold and, and not commit the penalties. Good point. Good point. Yeah, we got Michael coming back in saying, great show tonight. Thomas Hall and Ron White on Orange and Blue View. Go Broncos and Buckham. And I'm going to grab one more comment, if you don't mind, Ron, and then we'll probably probably uh, call it a night because we're getting on to that hour. But we got JGS1701 coming in. Well, thank you for coming in saying, love the show, guys. Question, how do you feel the chemistry of the organization is from top to bottom? This is seldom discussed, but I think one of the most important elements of success moving forward. Yeah, and I touched on that earlier. I said that, that the uh, lack of ownership was a bit of an issue, right? I mean, once you once they stabilize that, that's going to trickle down into other parts of the organization. When there's uncertainty at the top, there's a, you know more uncertainty throughout the organization. So, I I think just having the ownership in place is good. I think they work well together. I think they put together a pretty solid team, right? With Penner and Condoleezza Rice and all of these. It's a mix of pretty smart people who have uh, you know good knowledge in a lot of things and and sports. So I think the ownership group and the leadership group there is is very solid and I think the chemistry between um, George Payton and them as well is pretty good because they allowed him to do the negotiations you know that brought in uh, brought in Sean Payton. If they had not if there wasn't a good chemistry they wouldn't have have put that on him you know they wouldn't have had him doing that so i think there's chemistry and then obviously they sean payton was was really the guy that they went after so from my perspective i think there's a pretty solid chemistry and i do believe that that you know you're right that is an important element of success and i think that was part of the that was lacking you know when when there wasn't any real ownership you know john elway was was kind of running the show himself and he didn't have that support, you know, someone to, and I think that's where he got a little bit in, into trouble with some of his draft picks and all of that stuff. He didn't have that other party to kind of, you, know, you know, bounce stuff off of and, and, you know, help him think through the process. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's an important thing. And I think it's, I think it's good. I think chemistry is really good from what I see. Yeah. Thank you, J, uh, JGS701 for coming in. And I, I, I agree that, it is definitely an important element um, for success. What, what I like, you know, what, what Thomas said, I actually like the, like who they brought in. Um, it's different perspectives. Now, a lot of people may not know football on the ownership level, 
but they know business and they know how to run a successful business and or an organization. And you need that foundation. You know, the NFL, the team is, is a business and an organization. So bringing in those key players with those years of experience, Panera Condoleezza Rice has definitely helped this team so far coming in. And, you know, they gave uh, George Payton the way to negotiate to grab Sean Payton as well from New Orleans. So, you know, trusting that, you know, the GM can have the best judgment to bring in um, players and coaches, obviously with their support and their approval has been good. And we've seen it so far, um, not only at that top level, but we've seen it even in training camp, even on the field. You know, coming in, Sean Payton setting up his system, his style, um, you know, trickles down to the execution. So I think that's that's been a great showing, um, bringing in all of these different perspectives on the business side and the ownership group and how it's trickled down to the execution, um, to Sean Payton, and then the players are feeling it as well. So, but I, I agree, good, good comment and good uh, and good point here. We're gonna let Lawrence uh, kind of take us out with the uh, Facebook stars. So, thanks again for the support, Lawrence. He says, "I need a new phone. If it dies one more time while I'm on mile, I huddle. This thing's going in the lake. Well, maybe tomorrow <laughs> you can get one for Father's Day, Lawrence. Maybe there's a surprise Father's Day gift for you, a new phone. But hopefully, it doesn't." Uh, it doesn't die on you during mile high huddle uh, broadcasts, but if it does, you know, you can always go in and watch them later. I know it's, it's not as easy. You can't get in the comments and everything, but we're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're all, we're all over. So always, always have the, uh, you know, that opportunity to see us later, but good luck with your phone. And uh, hopefully you get a surprise father's day gift. So uh, Ron, I just want to, I'll let you take us out. I just want to say, have a great father's day to everybody out there. Uh, uh, tomorrow and and thanks for joining and thanks for all the support. So why don't you just take us on out, Ron? Uh, leave us with some some great words if you can. <laughs> yes. So um, again, happy Father's Day to all of the fathers in the group. We, you know we we appreciate everyone. And um, again, looking forward to the season. Um, you know things continue. Um, we'll see who Broncos may try to learn. Um, you know, to the, to the team coming in on free agents and, and go from there. But again, if you do nothing else, guys, please, please hit that like button and please share on all the platforms and subscribe to all of our channels. There's, there's great content from all of our staffers. Um, so make sure you check out all the articles and such. I'm on the website, get some merchandise as well. If you haven't, um, from the store and that's all I have. All right. Thanks, Ron. Thank Thanks for co-hosting with me. Appreciate no, no it. Problem. Thank thanks you, Thomas. For, thanks uh, everyone. Being here. Yep. All right. Thank you. Go Bye. Broncos. Go Broncos. <laughs>